All things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. Three blows catching up over a can of three. So many things that we cannot wait to see. Has McDowell White got the keys? Will Suarez be running threes? After Brisbane said no, Franks, the 36ers said yes, please. They chose a second serve of Randall as United went a sweep. We think Walton's hard to handle. If Doyle rules, they're hard to beat. We love some Tucker. Warden Burger's got the lot. There's no cheese, but there's big sauce, and now Bangers gets the shot. Can a mango pick and roll fill the gorge-sized hole? Or do they need a lift greeter to restore their heart and soul? The Kings can focus on the books, so long as their man Xavier Cooks. Will there be Magnet regret? Does R. Kelly fly with Majet? Will Thomas be a tank with Manic and LT? And I do beg your pardon, but we rather like Brad Lee. Cleveland, this is for you! We want more of the same from 22. G'day listeners, you're back with Benny, Banksy and Boydie, the basketball bloke stripping all things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. Oh, Boydie, no wonder you're Speaking sick, of mate. Fantasy, uh, of fantasy, you sound fully my, sick, uh, bro. How's my, my fantasy Very husky. voice going? Uh, yeah, call me, a call bit, me now. Call me now. Call Love me now. song yeah, dedications. To be honest, mm. Boydie, though, I'm not surprised you're sick. I would be sick too, mm. having listened to the podcast, the, to the press conference should I say, that we heard through the week where mm-hmm. a particular coach threw part of his team under the bus. Obviously, if you haven't heard that, we have that here for you now. Hi, Banksy. Thanks very much for coming forward to this joint press conference today. How are you feeling? Very good, very good. How did you go last round compared to the other blokes? The highest score of the round last week. How would you describe the other blokes' performance? Sorry, boys, but... um just the basket case at the moment. <laughs> I can see that you have Dean here as a consultant who has been conducting a review. Dean, if you don't mind sharing, have you considered replacing the other blokes? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been open. We're, we're searching for a guy. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, we haven't found the right guy yet. Banksy, are you at all worried about replacing the blokes with better fantasy coaches who might take some of your limelight? I think that's going to take some time for them to for them to gel. So to clarify, what are your feelings towards the other blokes? Time for them to get going. Unbelievable! Wow! 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 Unthrown under the bus, Banksy. Look. I mean, in the video, he looks. His head looks huge because he's extreme close up. But now we know his head is actually huge. <laughs> he is zoomed in. Check us out on YouTube if you want to see Boydie really, really under the weather. But. What do you have to say for yourself, Banksy? That was uh, that was news to me. That was <laughs> some very good editing, Benny. Very impressed and um, pretty on point. Pretty pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, no, look, it was. Um, I was just going to bring that up to because you said Southeast Melbourne Phoenix were uh, basically a shit show, but uh, our team won two games this week, and your team's an absolute shambles. So. Mm-hmm. The tables have turned. The tables have turned. But uh, th- as what happens now is that we get questions on the Discord chat. Love our Patreon supporters. You should sign up. You still can. But we got a question from Brad Macker. Boydie, do your best, mate, in oh, reading out Brad Macker's question. Of course, it's for Banksy. No one wants to talk to us. What is the difference between a good fantasy coach and a great fantasy coach? Or what does Banksy do really well that others don't? Captain choices, start sits planning schedule, monitoring team value, 
Ability to assess relevant fantasy talent by eye. Watching lots of games. Heavy on analytics. Drives a DeLorean. Maybe rank the above and lend any additional information so as we can all have a fighting chance here. You don't have a DeLorean. Wow. There's a lot um, to take on there. But to be lots honest, of, I've known you for a long time. You're not, the, you're not the greatest driver I know, so yes. I don't say that's got anything to do with it. No. no. You can rule that out safely. Um, the eye test, it was always the baller oh, rating. Mm. The baller rating is, is very big. Very big. <laughs> <laughs> I had an eye test for you on the weekend, but you weren't there. I can't remember who it was now. Um, we're, not, we're talking about basketballers, not ladies, mate. No, it was, it was an eye test on basketballers. <laughs> <laughs> Banksy, what have you got to add to to respond to make what makes you a, a a good, not great fantasy coach? Great, not good. Sorry. Well, we all know in the first what three. We're in our fifth year now, so in the first three seasons, I was horrendous. Let's be honest. If you're going to judge it by ranking. I, uh, I know you guys were very heavy on the spreadsheets and your planning to make sure you maximise the doubles, and it just wasn't something that I really did in the first three years. And I learned the hard way, and last season essentially was the first season that I took it seriously in terms of planning with a spreadsheet and um, obviously finished eighth last year and, and up there again this year. So I think the spreadsheet is the number one thing I learnt Um really plan ahead. I don't plan through the whole season. At the moment, my spreadsheet is probably only running four, maybe five rounds ahead of time. I don't think there's any point in sort of looking longer term than that. Four weeks ahead? No, four weeks ahead (laughs) because things change, don't they? So, um, but look, I don't think we can underestimate the luck factor. Um, I was up there obviously last season and first for quite a period of time, but luck hit me in a bad way. I remember I brought in Yanni um, planning ahead of time a week before we really needed to get him in our teams and he didn't play those following couple of weeks. So that's where my my fall down was and um, lost my number one spot because of that bad luck. And this season, it's been the opposite. Um, as we know, I had planned on bringing Barry Brown into my team. Um, I was short, I think, 0.01 of, of that trade and ended up as a result having to bring Randall in. I didn't think Randall was a bad trade in, but it could have easily gone the other way. And if I'd brought Brown in, I, I probably wouldn't be first now. So we, we can't underestimate, yes, there's an absolute luck factor, but you've got to combine that with y- your planning and, and following the schedule closely as well. Yeah, I know I Banksy... Those those that plan, I guess, they always say. Yeah, um, Banksy last season actually had the benefit of being the number one point scorer and at the same time he had the greatest team value of anyone in the competition. So this season, again, I know his team value is quite nice. He's not quite to that point. But um, I felt last year that he didn't zoom out far enough, that when he was up there, he, there was one particular week where he did the one-week rental just for a little bit of a schedule boost um, rather than looking sort of longer term. And... Um, it, kind of, it might have hurt him because you didn't forcing your trades, but we're all going to make mistakes. Mine came very early with a Madronia Lockie Dent decision that's cost me big time. Um, oh, Drell Brantley. That was, that, was that was a bench one. That's yeah. To Sean Thomas. <laughs> yeah, well, that was very unlucky. Um, but, yeah, I think Banksy has all, as well chosen the correct stacks. He went with the four jack jumpers, and the four of them were good, and he's gone into the three Sydney stack. And Sydney are scoring far more fantasy points than any other team right now. So they could actually afford to cater for three or four yep. relevant fantasy teams. 
and New Zealand, which is the stack that I went with and continue to roll with with United, not as good. So um, luck in that sense, as well as picking the right stack at the start of the year, definitely contributed to it. So good on you, Banksy. I'm sure we'll get more questions specifically for you later on, but let's get on to the fantasy news. NBL Fantasy News. The sieve is in the system. Peyton Seaver is a million-dollar price at the point guard position, and he was expected to potentially play this upcoming game on the 27th. We got our first question Boydie coming through from Wolski. Yeah, Wolski, with the arrival of Sivar, should we be cashing out on Dent or hold for one more week? I'd like to add to that. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm a Madrunya holder. He has to go. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Madrunya, I think, has to go. The difference between the two is Lockie Dent played the second most minutes for the Hawks last night, and even he played the second most minutes for the Hawks on their previous game as well against NZ. Um, he might play more than Siva this he week. He might play more than Siva still. Um, I think he's Went up less another 100K likely to lose as well. minutes. Pardon me? Mm. Went up another 100K. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, on the double. I think he's less likely to lose minutes compared to Madronia and mm. uh, Davo. He's played the last couple of games as well, six minutes apiece. Um, so I think those two are probably more likely to lose minutes to begin with, and then maybe Lockie will. So you might start coming down a little bit, but I mean, he's still putting you know, decent scores up for his price, isn't he? He's had a 29 and 26 over his last two games. So, Yep. If he's just your benchy, I, I think you can hold off for another week. He's probably getting 40k again. Who knows? So, um, so I'd be getting, I'd be holding on to him if you, if you can, if you need to. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got the luxury trade out then, yeah, and you've got the money, then why not do something? But um, if you need to hold him for another week and you've got two other plays you need, you need to get out of or whatever, then so be it. That's it. Unless you've got an anti-redhead policy like I do in my team. Now, we got world news of the World Cup qualifier teams come through and there's a lot of NBL names in that. To save, uh, hopefully, a barrage of questions that we get, the NBL is not playing that week. So do not be concerned. We get to watch uh, the NBL qualifiers. They're only going to win one more game to qualify for the big tournament. So get behind the Boomers boys and hope they don't get injured for our fantasy teams on the way back. But uh, yeah, interesting so that's thing, two rounds away. Yeah, it's two, two more rounds of NBL so before round. we get a break. That's right. It's after Cup. Well, it's the week after Cup week, basically. Which I've just learnt myself. Yep. Um, we get a buy. We do fantasy fight. So, yeah, two weeks of trade planning. Two weeks. <laughs> um, that's right. We get a buy. Um, the the side's interesting. There seems to be a lot of bigs um, for mine that are the NBL guys, and then less so much. Um, I know three, DJ Three J, but uh, Vasilievich from Sydney's one of the, <coughs> the um, guards. But I can't remember that off the top of my head. But it seemed like there was a lot of bigs. But yeah. Beautiful. Now, you're probably going to appear on this next list, Doctor. The Injury Report with Dr. Boyd. Yes, and as you, we've already heard, uh, the Doctor is, is still no good. Some, I don't know, what is it, three weeks after? Oh, God, that sound sounds delicious. Oh. Um, uh, Can't some, mix with medication, unfortunately, mate. No, yeah, no, I'm trying to stay, stay away. Um... After getting COVID, I seem to have just gotten smashed with some sort of sinusy chest 
thing that the quacks got me on about 15 different the, the, the other the other quack has got me on about 15 different things but that's okay um Belgian barry brown jr returned over the weekend uh, as did to sean thomas harrison's come in and playing minutes in that big uh, jam pack uh, roster in brisbane gary brown returned for sim and looked quite good and sam mcdaniel returned for the jack jumpers um mm-hmm. You name names there. Well, the biggest interesting one for me is but Gary Brown came in. I think he had nine assists in his first game, 11 in the second <sighs> game. Uh, just shy of a double-double with points. Um, looks like he's going to be a very good facilitator. Needs to k- kick up a scoring to make it maybe a double-double threat, but he's still at a 56, I think it was, in that second game. So mm. um, Very was tasty. Against, was against Brisbane, though, so a bit of a kicker there. New injuries. Devondrick Walker has done his back. He was a game-time decision we were told um, after the fact. Um, and I don't think he played, or did he play a couple of minutes in the end in that game? No minutes. No minutes at all, that's right. Um, so one to keep watch there. I don't think he's very highly owned, and I'm not too sure anyone's too interested in grabbing him in. But anyway, Magne and Steinle are back playing five-on-five basketball at training, hopefully two or three weeks away. So I would say that's maybe after the bye round maybe they would look to come in um again not too sure how many jj's are in lineups at the moment but um that's one to keep an eye on there once they both return big will magne come to ruin banksy's season again failing to plan is planning to fail it's time for the schedulizer All right, now as we enter round five already, Adelaide with the best short-term schedule. They've got the three straight doubles, obviously along with United. Um, but it's the, the six doubles over the next seven and ten doubles over the next 12 obviously makes them almost a set-and-forget trading target from mm-hmm. here. Should be on your radar, if not now, um, in the short term. United have seven over the next eight. They continue their busy schedule that we're already aware of. The Breakers have another four doubles over the next five, but um, oh, I think you just have to about pay me to trade them in looking at their fantasy output from last game what do they score five stop actual right points there. in a quarter stop right there if you were a <sighs> real friend you would be bringing in you would be bringing in Brantley yes. this week you didn't mm-hmm. have Tucker for the whole season he was your favorite player he was locked in your team for the whole season you bring him in last week back to back double doubles come on man Jarrell Brantley cheap as anything great <laughs> schedule do it for us please <laughs> it's starting to look a bit dodgy, isn't it? That just <laughs> XRM and, and, and Tucker. Anyway, um, most relevant change in the schedule, aside from obviously Adelaide's doubles kicking off, is Perth. They're starting back-to-back doubles. And um, considering they've got two of the four highest averaging players that are actually on doubles this week, they're going to be pretty relevant. Um, mm-hmm. I guess aside from that, looking at the schedule, it's basically fade and trade for our Kings, which I've got a stack of, and the Taipans, both starting a, a string of singles. Thank you very much. And that, of course, is going to be a massive line of questioning when I find the button. Need an adjudication on who to trade in this week? How about a ruling on who to sit or start? Let's see who submitted their case for judgment in the Fantasy Full Court. 
first off, we've got one from Bucks, who's conveniently asking questions about Bucks. Uh, who are the best cash cows right now, regardless of their price, boys? Blokes, who are you chasing? Um, there's a few different categories, I reckon, of um, ways to talk about this when this question got posed. So cash cows, we normally think of the, the cheaper ones to start off. Obviously, it's regardless of price now. But Wardenberg, Lowe, uh, Brisbane player DJ Mitchell all have defined roles in their teams and continue to make money. So I think I like those three guys. Um, there's obviously the new million dollar guys. So we've had Gary Brown last week. We're going to have the likes of Peyton Seaver. We've got Trey Cowell come back. Um, they're another category that I'll be looking at, but I'm massively looking at some of these cash fouls, which are the, which are the ones that have uh, essentially tanked in value for some variety of reasons. So these are the ones that mm. I'll be looking to get on and try and timing it. But these are the likes of Tashawn Thomas, um, Trey Cal even like down to 900K now is a candidate for me. Um, but yeah, those type of guys are still good. And then Banksy, probably still a few big dogs making money as well, I'm guessing. And like you say with targeting these cash fouls i mean that's essentially what i did with tucker i got him at a discount I'm not trying to rub it in he let, let's he you just mentioned some of those guys like brown that are already 1.0 mil rage on tucker's 1.03 mil and he's just gone up 100k i think he's got at least another two to three weeks of steady increase with him in in price um without even having to set the world on fire so he yep. was almost k last week Baines, yep, another, another classic example, yep. Yeah, Barry Brown Jr., these guys, I think, that can fantasy, there is some signs that may have got up to slow starts for some reason. They, uh, the cash cows I've been looking at to get these maduts and aquarias and the like that you have on your bench, up to these guys that have some potential of growth from there. You got anything else to add, Boydo? No, I think you're kind of spot on with all those. Oh, thank you, mate. I'm gonna, we're gonna make we're gonna make you read them all out. That's a joke, no, right, yeah, are we? we? Can if you want. <laughs> Next one is Adelaide. Getting in early, which I'm sure will be a popular question. Best Adelaide options ranked from one to four out of Cleveland, Franks, McCarran, and completely Randall. <clears throat> That's pretty clear. Pretty clear for me. If you're gonna rank them, it can't just be output. It's got to be value as well. I think Randall out of those four is the clear standout value. He's not just putting up the scores. We saw he can pad the other stats with some good rebounding and assist numbers last game. Hopefully we see more of that going forward. Yep. Um, for me, the next one there, we haven't totally seen the output from last season just yet, but Franks, he had a couple of games back. He had the nine rebounds, so he's not that far off. And I guess the reason I've got Cleveland at three is we did find out someone posted in the discord chat a little bit of an interview mm. after the game that he um was playing under an injury cloud last week or he was injured all week during training is that correct something along those lines you're throwing people yes, off the scent right. yep. <laughs> am i okay oh, no, and I um <laughs> you don't know okay yeah, well was, i did see he that was. he was he, no no i think the, um yeah the coach even talked about it in the in the post game cj yep. So yep. there's, a, there's definitely a, there's got to be a red flag there. Um, and Maka just hasn't set the world on fire like Franks. But I think the flag for me with McCarran is he's, he's 
I thought of him at the start of the season as potentially increasing his fantasy output because he's now surrounded by a, a better scoring squad and the assist numbers just have not been there. Randall's been um, the playmaker as much yeah. as Mecca has. So I think Randall's actually decreased McCarran's fantasy value from what I've seen more recently. So yeah, bit of a flag there as well. So for me, it's um, Randall, absolute standout of those four. Frank's... Cleveland, although I think Cleveland will rise as the season goes on. We know that he's very fantasy relevant, but the injury flag just is there. And then Macca's just fallen off my fantasy radar at the moment. Yeah, kind of feeling. I reckon, yeah, Randall, then a big gap is probably the way to mm. put it. Dual eligibility as well comes in extra handy. Very, very. How do you feel, Boyd? Um... About these players, yeah. not just how's your illness. I think, I think Randall is... I like Randall. Cool. Um, I've had him in my side for a couple of weeks. Did he go up again? Not much, if anything. Oh, he oh yeah. Okay, yeah. bumped up. Um, I think he's almost... At, the, at his price, he'd be almost the one I'd be getting um, first. And then maybe Frank's... But he's so expensive. Yeah. Um, the problem is Franks and Cleveland yeah. are still decreasing in price as well. Yeah, they are. Yep. And, and I know that if you're trading some of these guys in, it's going to be for the long haul, as I mentioned, because of their schedule. They can almost be set and forget. So you maybe don't have to worry about that with increasing in price, but it's the, it's the outlay um, initially yeah. when you're going to have people and coaches that are going to be able to bring these guys in in two or three weeks at a discounted price to what you're paying up now. Beautiful. Yep. You That's like Randall. Like you're kind of a guessing game as to where you get up to. Mm-hmm. Whereas Randall's going to keep going up. You think he's at a 43 and a 54 in his last two games. Uh, you think he's still going to keep making your money. So I think he would be the one I would be bringing in first if I could. Um, but I already have him. Um, yeah. Well, that makes a tough decision, I guess. Um, the next question, uh, bold move, Cotton. Randall versus mm. Cotton, only looking at the next two weeks. Um, so... I think personally for me, the fan, it's still Randall. I think the as long as you have another captain option over the next two weeks that you're content with, um, that's kind of where my thinking is. But uh, I think Randall is must own. I know you say it's only for the next two weeks, but in two weeks' time, you still get to keep Randall. There's no need to get rid of him, so that also factors into it for me. I just think he's probably the better option at the price point. Um, and I don't think the price difference will be... The scoring difference will be enough to justify paying up for Bryce head-to-head with out of these two. Love you, fellas' thoughts. I totally agree. I, if you don't have either of those guys, I would be targeting Randall. So price versus value, it's got to be Randall because it's what you can do with that additional 500k that you're paying up for Cotton. I don't think Cotton's going to outscore him by that much to justify it although it would look very good to have both of those guys in your team this week um but we know randall is with that schedule i mean yes you're talking about the next two rounds but he is set and forget you bring him in you can basically have him in there for the the remainder of the season it's not going to cost you another trade down the line i like it um Pinder, trade or hold Pinder, and with the can schedule, is he to be avoided for non-owners? Did either of us? One. Did any of us do the Pinder selection last week? I didn't, but I'm glad he I didn't did have not. a great second game. I'd say. 
I was a bit worried. Well, that second game was a bit of a red flag, um, wasn't it? Um, he had well, the 13 rebounds. The 13 yeah. rebounds. That was just an <laughs> absolute blessing for non-owners. Like, this it guy was. is going to... Yeah, look, it's strange because I'm about to say get rid of him, but yep. he's going to outscore everyone else in the competition by five fantasy points a game, I think. But um, you know, The one yeah. thing I looked at with this question I've got to highlight is before... Mm-hmm. If you just look at the averages of just the centers, and it's just now that Pinder has that center eligibility, it's him and Daylight. 53 points a game. The next closest is 36. Yep. It's a lot to sit on your pine, but like you still, 36 for example, if you've got a pardon, you're probably still starting your pardon over Pinder on a single in those weeks, potentially, I would think. Most that's the way I would go with those things. So why do you have Pinder if that's the case? Um, why is he sitting on your bench, and could that money be spent better elsewhere? It's a it's a real tough one. But um... yep. I think the answer is if you've already got him, there's I yes, it's what you could do with that extra cash. Just the reason I'm trading out Cooks this week, mm-hmm. but Cans only have three straight singles. If you're trading Pinder out, that's using up a trade now. You are going to need him for round eight. There's only Cairns and New Zealand on the double in round eight. You're going to need Pinder. Are you trading him back in two weeks? So no. I think if you're at... Jarrell no. Barrington, captain. <laughs> wow. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, just, sure. you have to weigh up. You have to weigh it up, don't you? But it's... I think if you're a non-owner, then you're not bringing him in, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a question of what you can do with that extra cash. I think you've got, to play the, you've got to play the sums game. You've got to work out who, who's who's starting instead of him for you over the next couple of weeks while he's got singles. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got, you know, Wardenberger on the bench, then you're probably not going to be able to. But if you've got someone like uh, Humphreys, you've got someone mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know who, you could, you have to play the, the numbers game and say, okay, it's two yeah. games from Humphrey. Humphreys um, this week going to be better than one game from Pinder and all that sort of stuff. Do the sums. Interesting. And we do have a question about centres coming up, so maybe we're going to talk this out live on the pod. So let's, let's see how this works out. But uh, next question from Paddy and a few others, to be honest. It's all about today, Junior and Junior Medort. Um, uh, Paddy wants to know who is the best trade target to trade out for around a million dollars. He's already got Beamer, Tucker and Randall, so we're looking... PG, SG options, around a million bucks. Um, who do we like, fellas, for middle, if we are Randall. making... Yeah, so he's already got him. He's got Randall. Brown for me. Um, that was someone I was hoping to upgrade Madut to after the numbers I saw on the weekend. Now, I, I don't know if we should talk about this now, Boydy, but we're talking about targets for Madut anyway, so let's touch on it. Yep. I did not see the Phoenix games um, as closely as I would have liked, but... You can't help but notice those assist numbers for Brown and how that translates in the fantasy world. So give us the rundown. For those that didn't see the the two Phoenix games, I believe you watched both. How do we see things with Brown? Is it sort of a a blip or is it something that that looks like it can be constant from here? 
I wasn't watching him as I asked, but um, I'm assuming this is one that, that Boyd likes to keep under the radar for himself. No, no, it? he looks, he looks good. I've already slid him into my side a little bit a couple of times, I think. And um, he, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, mate, he just looks like a facilitator. He had the 56 fantasy points in that second game, and that was in 26 minutes, which you think he's going to probably play 24, 26 minutes is what he's played over the, uh, each game. Um, was it a Brisbane factor? T- oh, well, they played NZ over in NZ, who had a terrible game, and then Brisbane and Brisbane, uh, Brisbane down here. Yes, the opponents could have been a factor, but he just looks like a step above for Phoenix rather than having Adnam running the point. I think Adnam's Thank very God. much suited to that backup. Um, he still had 23 and 41 over there, two games over the round, Adnam, so still pretty good on a price-per-minute basis. Mm-hmm. Um Brown just looked, man, he just looked good. Um, he's a facilitator. I'll, if his shot starts dropping, I think he'll he'll score a little bit better as well. Um, obviously, duh. Um, Fantastic. I think analysis. that might take a little bit of touch, but just he he just got he got some really good assists. Like he just looked like a bit of a playmaker. I like it. He finally closed out the game. He had some shock and turnovers in the blitz, to be honest, and um, obviously he's still more three each game. Yeah, he, he lost, that's, that's he a good ratio. Points in each game, so that's that's a fine ratio. Three to one, yeah. happy with yeah. that. So, yeah. um, I reckon he's good. What are your thoughts? You still like uh, the other Brown, um, Kiwi Brown? What's his name? Barry Brown Junior. Barry. Back Brown. to you. What are your thoughts on Baza? Not Gaza. I, I like that they put the ball in his hands a little bit. Like, what did he have in that? He had 26 in that game he returned for, um, which was in 29 minutes. So he played the most minutes, or oh, second most minutes to pardon, sorry, in that game against Cairns. So he's obviously going to get was some Was that the second I game? Think. That was the second game. Yeah, I think yeah, he missed the first. Right was still under the weather to a degree. Um, in and the, he did in foul, foul trouble. Big gal, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. he fouled out. He fouled out in the last game. He fouled out as well. So that 29 minutes might be... A bit of a jump, although he did play 36 and 30 in the only other two games he played in rounds one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another one for me. Don't mind him. Yeah, the other one is, one. so he's already got some SG options. So talk to me about Trey Cal. Um, you got him in Boydie. Are you holding out hope for what Trey Cal can do? Yeah, I am. Um, he had 35 in that first game and then 21 in the second game against Brisbane. Um, he, I got, well, obviously, he looked a lot better in that first game. Um, gave off a couple of assists. It looked like he can make plays as well as score. Um, it's good size, but yeah, he is, he is, yeah. I think look, he had thirteen points in that first game and five assists. So, um, did pretty well. Likes jacking up the three. Um, he's hit two in both games, but he's missed a, he's a few as well. So he's lost points for shooting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll talk you I through my trades a, right now. Took him, took him as a bit of a punt. Yeah. And I'm not sure that punt, geez, he's owned by, how many is he owned by? I think I might be one of five or something that I him. <laughs> well, currently <laughs> currently six based on my trades at the moment. So, oh, there you go. I was one of five that owned him. So, um, he had 56th yeah. round, which isn't rubbish, but it isn't great, is it, for a million-dollar yeah. player? So, so, so this is what I'm weighing up right at the moment. So, 
I want to have enough money next week to get Aquera up to, to Sean Thomas from Perth. And that'll be essentially my bench upgraded to all playable players in my mind. I can, if to ensure that, I need to kind of go Cal over Brown. Um, otherwise, I'm holding Aquera for who knows how long. So um, I might have to take a punt on him and just hope that it works out. So um, I might be, yeah, user number six. Let's let's see how that works out. But, uh, anyway. Aquera had the 28 last game. I think you work into the game a little bit more as well, um, Cal. Although he did play... 27, 29 minutes in those last in last round, so been in there enough. But um, it was horribly concerning looking at the live scoring on basketballblogs.com at the first game that South East Melbourne Phoenix played, and literally everyone had thirty points. It seemed like it was crazy. It was the biggest sharing of the load that you'd ever see. Lots of nine rebounds, nine assists, um, no double doubles. So that is that's the problem we've got. We've gone from being a, a shambles, and now we're just too talented, unfortunately, Boydie. Yep, yep. But uh, you know, in saying the that, reverse Brown rocket. has the ball in his hands more than Cal. <laughs> yeah, make things happen a bit more. So it's a bit of a. I was a bit worried when that second game. He was sort of standing around in the corner for the three, waiting for the three a bit too long, and that sort of stuff. Sometimes, yeah, which, I hate players sitting in the corner. Yeah, so. Same. So, so that's a middle option if you do want to trade. But the question is, do we need to trade? Now, this is Banksy's dilemma at the moment. We've got three questions that have come through from Matty, Jacob and Buck. So the gist of it's what's more important, getting Kings players out or having guys like Madut in your lineup, getting rid of them? Jacob asked, with a lot of teams having three Kings, what order would you trade them out? And do you trade Madut this week? And Bucks at 450k, like he's concentrating on the Bucks, isn't he? Is it worth prioritising trading out Madook so he doesn't lose the money that he's already made? So I'd like you to answer this, Banksy, if you could, because this is your scenario and we've had this exact conversation today. It is. And um, when I logged in this morning when the game opened, I already had in mind the trades I wanted to make. So I've got Cooks, I've got the other two Kings in DeWalt and Simon as well. But always in my mind, the way I can improve my team longer term is to trade Cooks down to someone and use that cash to pop on top of Madut and upgrade him to someone that's actually playable on the court instead of rotting away on the bench. So my plan was to upgrade him from the Cooks money this week. Um, but I had a bit of a chat with you off the pod as well, Benny, to sort of walk through which way to go as well. And I think you sort of opened my eyes a little wider to the fact that that's not necessarily the play. So let's use an example. Say I was able to actually squeeze in what I'd originally planned was to get him up to Brown with some dual um, position eligibility there. Let's just say I was able to do that. Brown scores 80 over his double, which is roughly what he averaged over his double last week. Let's say Madut, he's not getting those minutes. Let's say he scores 20 across his double. Brown scored the 80 across his double. The upgrade halved points on the bench is really only netting us an extra 30 points for the week. Then you look at the other side of the flip of the coin, the Kings trade. So if we go Cooks to Cotton, looking at the averages, gains you an extra 50 points on court with the extra game because Cotton's on the double. Um, the other one, if you go Simons to Travers, Simon averaging 37, Travers averaging 43, that's an extra 49 points over the double. And on top of that, Travers' price is obviously trending up as well. Um, 
Same with DeWalt. Look, if you're looking at, say, a DeWalt to Randall is another example people are looking at. If you're trading Kings out, it's gaining you more points on the court than the upgrade of Madut on the bench. And the prices of Travers and Randall are still trending up as well. So I think when you break down the numbers this week with what you've got available to bring in, I think... It's not ideal, but Maduk can wait a week if you're weighing up. Well, what's going to net me more points? Because that's what wins this game is what's going to net me more points is the half points on the bench with the upgrade or trading these guys out, the Kings that are on singles, to guys that have good good matchups on the double. And I think the answer looking at those examples are trading your on-court guys are going to net more points by average this week. And... The only argument you would have to trade Madut up before you're trading your court guys up is um, cash, when people say cash is king. But if you're trading in guys like um, Travers and, and Randall, these guys, are, as we know this year, we don't have those cash cows that we'd like at the bargain basement prices. So these are the guys that are actually increasing our team value anyway. Uh, times two, if one of those uh, on-court guys are your captain that you might potentially bring in. So... Um, got to factor that in also. Yeah, the thought, there is, unless you've got someone on your bench, you can play as a starter and you can work it around so you can bring that person on. Um, mm-hmm. That was the only yeah. argument I'd have to that, what Banksy said there. Yeah, you want to have on court, good on-court coverage. Great point by Boyding. Like if it's Madut and you need to get Madut to someone playable to fill in not this week but the following, for example... That could be the alternative, so great point there. Boydie, mm-hmm. um, are we going to pick Mango? That's the question that's come in from Matty. Is Matty Yang potentially going to become fantasy relevant going forward? Boydie, did you catch any Mango Matty Yang last I round? I did. Um, what do you have, 36 in that game? Um, Five blocks or something. One steal. Four, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so... Um, inflated by the stats that don't always happen, I guess is probably what, the way you'd say it. Um, yeah, look, I'd love to say yes, but mm-hmm. I don't think you can at the moment. I mean, he only had four points and the six rebounds, which is it's just nice. But um, and I, I, the thing I did like there at the start it looked like they only at the start of the year they looked like they only ever had rolling or him on the court at once. Mm-hmm. But I did notice it a little bit last night. They had both of them on the court at the same time. So ah, that's that's what will change yeah. if he gets. That's the key for sure. Correct. Um, don't mind that. Um, and for the first time yeah, since the start of the season, he's played. He played more minutes than Deng Deng, who obviously is starting at that four spot for them too. So mm-hmm. unless he gets a bit of a roll on and um, starts uh, playing. Out, out and above what Deng Deng's bringing to them as a starter and then Matty Yang becomes a starter, then I wouldn't I think so. Um, but he's getting cheaper by the year, by the week. It's almost mango picking season, but not yet, I'd say. Possibly. All right, next question. The centre of excellence. And it's a great question by Dylan asking, who is the best centre option at, at present? And... This goes back to our Pinder question. So let's weigh up the other targets, the other potential targets that Banksy raised before. So, um, Banksy, who, who's the, the, who are we got in, in contention compared to Pinder? Well, I've got 
and Spencer, you've already got, obviously. But um, if we bring up the centres and we just rank them by average points, you've got Pinder at almost 53 points per game, and then there's Daylight. And Parton currently is second with 36.5 points per game. He's my game. first selection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, you've got to take into account the doubles, okay? It's one thing to look at the averages, but we know it's a, it's a game we've got to follow the schedule with. So nothing wrong with Pardon. Um, Source is next with 34.3, but uh, obviously we know there's the cheese factor. Although I thought I didn't watch those games closely, Boyd, but it still seems that Source Williams is still getting, I guess, three quarters of the minutes at the centre position. I don't feel it's eaten too much into his minutes. Not the last game anyway, is it? Nine boards. Going at 1.5 fantasy points per minute. Still very, very good in that sense. But hmm. uh, he's certainly... At a million bucks. Uh, I'd still have pardon over cheese so far, if that's what we're going with, over the short term, personally. Yep, that's fair. And... Cheese, you mean sauce? Sauce, thank you. Sauce, yeah. <laughs> um, I, the next one's the interesting one, right? So... We, we said he's yet to fire, um, and that's Robert Franks. Although he hasn't done anything yet, I don't feel, from the Adelaide games I've watched, he's still the fourth or equal third um, by average fantasy scoring centre at the moment mm. with the schedule to come. The problem with Franks is um, do you get him at his price tag of $1.47 million or wait till he drops further yet he's again? He's priced right now. So, like, mm. you'd have Pinder over Franks almost right now, I, I would think, based on um, the trajectory of both players at the moment. So, um, yep. Just that Franks think, has the schedule, doesn't he? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. Is, do you think Franks is going to average more? Because if you do the numbers, so Good point. Cairns, uh, sorry, Adelaide and or New Zealand, with pardon, uh, have nine games over the next one, two, three, four, five rounds. Whereas Cairns have only got six, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I could extend that even more out and it'd be totally different, but the, yeah, Adelaide's the same. Um, Pardon and uh, Franks are averaging 34 over the last three. Times that by nine, you're looking at 306 points. Pinder averaging 52 over these six games. That gives you 312. So he actually edges them by six six fantasy points, believe it or not, even though he's yeah. playing three less games. Mm-hmm. But if you think uh, that Franks is all pardon for that matter are going to bump up a bit more, then you know it might be worthwhile going one of those guys that you think so, even though you know they're playing. <sighs> Franks may be playing <laughs> unders at the moment, but the thing is always what you do with that extra cash. This might be a silly comparison, but. Humphreys is averaging 29 points per game. Franks is averaging 34 points per game. One's priced at almost $1.5 million and the other's priced at 797k. Yep. So are you, are you paying that at the moment, depending on what you're doing with the rest of the cash there, are you happy to pay an extra 700k for an no. extra five points a game? I want to no. see more for Franks. I want to see a double-double in there. I want to know that his price is going to turn around ideally before I bring him into my team. I yeah. agree with that. I'm content with Pardon and Hump tomorrow at the moment at their Somewhere. prices. And uh, but if you already have Pinder, I think I'm swayed that if you can keep him without killing your team, that that is definitely a viable option based on those numbers. Thanks to the calculations from Boyd. E. Thank you, mate. Um, 
start to see questions to finish off, fellas. So we got got questions from Banksy, Nathan, Marco, and Nick. Oh, we'll Banksy. Yeah, we did get one from Banksy. So, yeah. but they combine into t- essentially two questions, um, which is a start sit. We'll stick them in order if we can, fellas. The bigs to start off with: source, hump, pardon, and low. Banksy, what are your thoughts? How are you feeling about this at the moment? I know you asked the question, but well, yeah. Considering I asked the question, I'm not feeling great about it because um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to make the choice between hump and source last week. I think I'm leaning towards Hump. Um, I'm not a low owner, so I am biased in that respect. But he always worries me with can he keep those points per minute up with playing less minutes than some of these other guys. So mm-hmm. that's why I discount that as an option. Is part of think, better than all of them, though? Again, I'll probably get a little bit of bias, but probably. Probably. His okay. minutes are up there. Um, he doesn't seem to get... He has had some games where he's been in foul trouble that I've seen, where he's hit the four fouls, and he stayed out there, and he's managed to be fantasy productive before getting that fifth foul. So um, he's managed to stay in the game even when he's been in foul, fantasy trouble. And one problem I have being a source and hump owner is hump has not. I think um, Vickerman even said they had planned to play hump 28 minutes last game, which is music to my ears, knowing that they want to play Hump these minutes. That's always been the problem in the back of my mind is are they prepared to give Hump these minutes um, to be fantasy relevant? And it sounds like they are, but we saw the two games on the weekend for United that Hump was in foul trouble, again got the three fouls very early in the game and then he sort of when he was back in the game, we didn't see him as active. I mean, in that last game, he was I think had the eight points really quickly on the offensive end, and then once he as soon as he got in that foul trouble, he just didn't exist out there. Um, and that's where he just his fantasy score just doesn't go anywhere. So um, maybe the matchup this week, we'll that's see it. Hump in a better position. We've obviously got to take into account the the opponents. So Melbourne United have the Hawks. That should be, juicy. you would think, a juicy matchup juicy. for any Melbourne United player. So what you do did, but yeah. Yep, exactly. So I am, I am probably going to um, back Hump in to score better this week, and knowing he doesn't have to contend with Cheese um, as his backup, and they've got Perth as well. Now we know that Perth TT's back now, I think, but I don't think he played all that amount of minutes last game so they're a bit undersized at that position as well so i think hum's definitely got a oh there you go so i think that was these double double wasn't it was yeah so i think those matchups are a bit juicier this week for hump if he can just stay out of foul trouble yeah pardon plays uh tazzy jj's which is always a red that's an absolute flag i can't help but feel they're going to score pardon hump and source will score very similarly and I think that Bo will probably be the fourth. How do you what are you at you uh Bordy? Who would you mm-hmm. who would you start out of those? Is we gonna have pardon over source, pardon over hump? At, how, at how the you moment I've pardon over hump. Um yeah. even though he's about to get jackied? Yeah, that's the problem. Um I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure if I have the faith in Hump yet. And um, I have a real feeling I, I think that if Adelaide turn up in Adelaide, that could almost be a blowout. I've just got a gut feeling. Mm, yeah, 
Look, a 28-minute hump sounds very good. We don't want him to be coming prematurely, that's for sure, with that foul trouble. And uh, definitely, uh, for me, it's pardon, hump, sauce, and... Not I've used that one. And finally, guards, fellas. Uh, William McDowell, White, son of Daryl, BMW... Um, AC here, we've got Antonius Cleveland, it's not the AC in the BMW, Randall and Tucker to finish yourself, Bordy, you're yawning so much, mate, you can do it. Sorry, mate. Go I'm for still, it. I'm still no good. Um, I'm going to go Randall, Tucker, Beamer. Oh, no. Yes. AC last. Yep. Wow. I am Tucker, Randall. Whoa, okay. AC... And Beamer has an absolute nightmare of a matchup this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jackies, avoid the Jackies if we can. Um, I'm like, I think I just got to go Randall a little bit over Tucker AC and then Beamer last. But that's that's how we're sitting with it. And uh, we've got another captain's podcast to do, Banksy. But, Boydie, if you could wrap us up, mate, that would be great. Beautiful. As always, you can find us on Twitter at people underscore blokes, on Facebook, Basketball Blokes, or www.basketballblokes.com, the number one source of MBL fantasy information. Ciao.